Chapter Thirty of the Silent House. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Amanda Friday. The Silent House by Fergus Hume. Chapter Thirty. Who fell into the trap? However closely one may study the fair sex, there is no understanding them in the least. No one can say how a woman will act in a given situation, for feminine actions are based less on logical foundations than on the emotion of the moment. Diana had never liked Lydia. When the American girl became her stepmother she hated her, and not only said as much but showed in her every action that she believed what she said. She declared that she would be glad to see Lydia deprived of her money and put into jail. The punishment would be no more than she deserved. Yet when these things came to pass, when, by the discovery that Brain yet lived, Lydia lost her liberty, and when, as connected with the conspiracy, she was arrested on a criminal warrant and put into prison, Diana was the only friend she had. Miss Brain declared that her stepmother was innocent, visited her in prison, and engaged a lawyer to defend her. Lucian could not forbear pointing out the discrepancy between Diana's past sentiments and her present actions, but Miss Brain was quite ready with an excuse. "'I am only doing my duty,' she said. "'In herself I like Lydia as little as ever I did.' but I think we've suspected her wrongly in being connected with this conspiracy, so I wish to help her if possible. And after all, added Diana, she is my father's wife, as if that fact extenuated all. He has reason to know it, replied Lucian bitterly. If it had not been for Lydia, your father would not have left his home for a lunatic asylum, nor would Clear have been murdered. I quite agree with you, Lucian, but some good has come out of this evil, for if things had not been as they are, you and I would never have met." "'Egad, that is true,' said Lucian, kissing her. "'It's an ill wind that blows nobody any good.' So Diana played the part of a good Samaritan towards her stepmother, and helped her to bear the evil of being thrust into prison. Lydia wrote to her father in Paris, but received no reply, and therefore was without a friend in the world save Diana. Later on she was admitted to bail, and Diana took her to the hotel in Kensington, there to wait for the arrival of Mr. Klein. His absence and silence were both unaccountable.' "'I hope nothing's wrong with Papa,' wept Lydia. "'As a rule, he's always smart in replying, "'and if he's seen about Ercole's death and my imprisonment in the papers, "'I'm sure he'll be over soon.' While she was thus waiting for her father, and Link in every way was seeking evidence against her, Mrs. Clear received an answer to her message. In the same column of the Daily Telegraph, and in the same cipher, there appeared a message from Rent that he would meet Mrs. Clear at number 13 Geneva Square. Link was delighted when Mrs. Clear showed him this, and rubbed his hands with much pleasure. Affairs were about to be brought to a crisis, and as Link was the moving spirit in the matter, his vanity was sufficiently gratified as to make him quite amiable. "'We've got him this time, Mr. Denzil,' he said with enthusiasm. "'You and I and a couple of policemen will go down to that house in Geneva Square. By the front, sir, by the front.' "'Mrs. Clear also?' questioned Lucian, wishing to be enlightened on all points. "'No.' She'll come in by the back, down the cellarway, as Brent expects her to come. Then he'll follow in the same path and walk right into the trap. But won't the two be seen climbing over that fence in the daytime? asked the barrister doubtfully. Who said anything about the daytime, Mr. Denzil? I did not. And Rent knows too much to risk himself at a time that he can be seen from the windows of the adjacent houses. No, no, the meeting with Mrs. Clear is to take place in the front room at ten o'clock, when it will be quite dark. You and I and the policeman will hide in what was the bedroom, and listen to what Rent has to say to Mrs. Clear. We'll give him rope enough to hang himself, sir, and then pounce out and nab him. Well, he won't show much fight if he is Mr. Vrain, 
"'I don't believe he is Mr. Vrain,' retorted the detective bluntly. "'I am doubtful of that also,' admitted Lucian. "'But you know Vrain is now out of the asylum, and for the time being has been left to his own devices. The reply to the cipher did not appear until he was in that position. Supposing, after all, this mysterious rent proves to be this unhappy man. In that case, he'll have to pay for his whistle, sir.' "'You mean in connection with the conspiracy?' "'Yes, and perhaps with the murder of Clear, but we don't know if the so-called Rent committed the crime. For such reason, Mr. Denzil, I wish to overhear what he says to Mrs. Clear. It is as well to give him enough rope to hang himself with. Can you trust Mrs. Clear?' "'Absolutely. She knows on which side her bread is buttered. Her only chance of getting free from her share of the matter is to turn Queen's evidence, and she intends to do so.' "'What did she say about Vrain being Rent?' "'Well, sir,' said Link, putting his head on one side, and looking at Lucian with an odd expression, "'you had better wait till the man's caught before I answer that question. Then maybe you won't require an answer.' "'It is very probable I won't,' replied Lucian dryly. "'What time am I to see you to-night?' "'I'll call for you at nine o'clock sharp, and we'll go across to the house at once. I have the key in my pocket now. Peacock gave it to me this morning. The scene will be quite dramatic.' "'I hope it won't prove to be Vrain.' said Lucian restlessly, for he thought how grieved Diana would be. "'I hope not,' answered Link curtly. "'But there's no knowing. However, if the old man does get into trouble, he can plead insanity. His having been in the asylum of Jorce is a strong card for him to play. Good day, Mr. Denzil. I'll see you to-night at nine o'clock sharp.' "'Good day,' replied Lucian, and the pair parted for the time being. Lucian did not go near Diana that day. In the first place he did not wish to see Lydia, for whom he had no great love, and in the second he was afraid to speak to Diana as to the possibility of her father being rent. Diana, as a good daughter should, held firmly to the idea that her father could not behave in such a way, and as a sensible woman she did not think that a man with so few of his senses about him could have acted the dual part with which he was credited without, in some measure, betraying himself. Lucian was somewhat of this opinion himself, yet he had an uneasy feeling that Vrain might prove to be the culprit. The fact of Rain's being often away from Mrs. Clear's house in Bayswater, and rent absent in the same way from Mrs. Bensusan's house in Jersey Street, appeared strange, and argued a connection between the two. Again, the resemblance between them was most extraordinary and unaccountable. On the whole, Lucian was not satisfied in his mind as to what would be the end of the matter, and had he known Mrs. Clear's address he would have gone to question her about it, but only Link knew where the woman was to be found, and kept that information to himself, especially from Denzil. Now that he had the reins once more in his hands, he did not intend that the barrister should take them again. Punctual to the minute, Link, in a state of subdued excitement, came to Lucian's rooms. Already he had sent his two policemen, over to the house, into which he had instructed them to enter in the quietest and most unostentatious manner, and now came to escort the barrister across. Lucian put on his hat at once, and the two walked out into the dark night, for dark it was, with no moon, few stars, and a great many clouds a most satisfactory night for their purpose. "'All the better,' said Link, casting a look round the deserted square. "'All the better for our little game. I wish to secure this fellow as quietly as possible. Here's the door open. In with you, Mr. Denzil.' According to instructions, a policeman had waited behind the closed door, and at the one sharp knock of his superior opened it at once, so that the two slipped in as speedily as possible. Link had a dark lantern, which he used carefully, so that no light could be seen from the window looking on to the square, and with his three companions he went into the back room which had formerly been used by Clear as a sleeping apartment. Here the two policemen stationed themselves in one corner, 
and Link, with Lucian, waited near the door, leading into the sitting-room, so as to be ready for Mrs. Clear. All was so dark and lonely and silent that Lucian's nerves became overstrained, and it was as much as he could do to prevent himself from trembling violently. In a whisper he conversed with Link. "'Have you heard anything of that girl, Rhoda?' he asked. "'We have traced her to Berkshire,' whispered Link. "'She went back to her gypsy kinfolk, you know. I dare say we'll manage to lay hands on her sooner or later. She is an accomplice of rents, I believe.' "'So do I, and I hope to make him confess as much to-night. "'Hush!' Suddenly Link had laid his clasp on Lucian's wrist to command silence, and the next moment they heard the swish-swish of a woman's dress coming along the passage. She entered the sitting-room cautiously, moving slowly in the darkness, and stole up to the door behind which Lucian and the detective were hiding. The position of this she knew well, because it was opposite the window. "'Are you there?' whispered Mrs. Clear nervously. "'Yes,' replied Link in the same tone. "'Myself, Mr. Denzil, and two policemen.' Keep the man in talk, and find out, if possible, if he committed the murder. I hope he won't kill me, muttered Mrs. Clear. He will, if he knows I've betrayed him. That will be all right, said Link in a low, impatient voice. We will rush out should he prove dangerous. Get over by the window, so that we can see a little of you and rent when you talk. No, no, don't leave the door open, he'll see you. He won't, Mrs. Clear. We'll keep back in the darkness. If he shows a light, we'll rush him before he can use a weapon or clear out. "'Get back to the window.' "'I hope I'll get through with this all right,' said Mrs. Clear nervously. "'It's an awful situation.' And she moved stealthily across the floor to the window. There was a faint gaslight outside, and the watchers could see her figure and profile black against the slight illumination. All was still and silent as the grave when they began their dreary watch. The minutes passed slowly in the darkness, and there was an unbroken silence save for the breathing of the watchers and the restless movements of Mrs. Clear near the window. They saw her pass and repass the square of glass, when unexpectedly she paused, rigid and silent. A stealthy step was ascending the distant stair, and pacing cat-like along the passage. Lucian felt a tremor pass through his body as the steps of the murderer sounded nearer and clearer. They paused at the door, and then moved towards the window where Mrs. Clear was standing. "'Is that you?' said a low voice, which came weirdly out of the darkness. "'Yes.' "'I've been waiting for the last half-hour, Mr. Rent,' replied the woman in nervous tones. "'I am glad you have come.' "'I am glad also,' said the voice harshly, "'as I wish to know why you propose to betray me.' "'Because you won't pay me the money,' said Mrs. Clear boldly. "'And if you don't give it to me this very night, "'I'll go straight and tell the police all about my husband.' "'I'll kill you first, cried the man with a snarl, "'and made a dash at the woman. "'With a cry for help she eluded him "'and sprang towards the bedroom door for protection.' The next moment the four watchers were in the room wrestling with Rent. When he felt the grip of their hands and knew that he was betrayed, he cried out savagely, and fought with the strength of two men. However, he could do little against his four adversaries, and worn out with the struggle, collapsed suddenly on to the dusty floor with a motion of despair. "'Lost! Lost!' he muttered. "'All lost!' Breathing hard, Link slipped back the cover of the dark lantern, and turned the light on to the face of the prisoner." Out of the darkness started a pale face with white hair and a long white beard. Lucian uttered a cry. "'Mr. Vrain!' he said, shrinking back. "'Mr. Vrain!' "'Look again,' said Link, passing his hand rapidly over the face and head of the prostrate man. Denzil did look, and uttered a second cry more startling than the first. Wig and beard and venerable looks were all gone, and he recognized at once who Rent was. "'Jabez Klein!' "'Jabez Klein!' 
he exclaimed in astonishment. "'Yes,' said Link triumphantly. "'Jabez Klein, conspirator and assassin!' End of chapter 30 Recording by Amanda Friday